millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. The only thing better than grinding all night for your side hustle is your roommate picking you up with Mickey D's breakfast. The perfect pickup deal. There's a deal for every morning at McDonald's. Right now, taste breakfast perfection when you get a warm and savory sausage McMuffin with egg for just $2.50. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with combo meal. Ready and there will be no encore. Welcome to episode 142 of the No Encore Music Podcast. And I bring you sad news today, listener. George Hook has been let go from his position at News Talk, and it's a sad day, guys, when a man of his, with the conduct of his character, and someone who's not afraid to shake it up and say what we all really feel, uh, is is essentially told, you're persona non grata here anymore. Craig Fitzpatrick, you worked with the man. <laughs> yeah, I didn't hear this. This is true. <laughs> now, okay, it could been be... busy. Mar- <laughs> My former desk mate. Yeah. <laughs> it could be a Martin O'Neill Roy Keane parted by mutual consent situation, so I don't want to insinuate anything. Careful, now. And also, uh, I'm kidding, by the way, George Hook is a fuck. Idiot. But yeah, <laughs> end of an era, guys. Dahi Adroni. Uh, Pamela Anderson is now has to quit as well because her greatest support has, uh, has had to quit. Oh, yeah, he's obsessed with her. The lovely really Pamela. Her, yeah. The Pamela lovely Morgan. Is Julian Assange going to have to leave that Ecuadorian <laughs> embassy now? Is this a domino effect? <laughs> That news talk have set yeah, off. Yeah. We this can only the start of the downfall of Western civilization. Is that how it works? You mentioned Julian Assange there, and it's funny because I was reading during the week about the artist MIA because she right. has <laughs> some links to him apparently. And the reason I mentioned MIA is because I've got to put on uh, some list <laughs> <laughs> that new documentary about her, which is kind of limited screenings, if at all. Uh, Neither nine. 
friend of the show, not podcast rival after all, <laughs> put on a screening in the Gibson Hotel and uh, it was really good. I went along to see the movie and I was part of a panel discussion afterwards and I stayed over in the hotel and that was very nice, very guys. So it was. <laughs> thanks Jeez. to... Right. I like that you named the hotel as well. It's clearly part of the deal yeah, here. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> thanks to the hashtag Gibson Hotel for all their hashtags. Hashtag slept like a baby. Uh, Dahi, it was my first time seeing the film. You, It was your second time yeah, seeing the film. Yeah, it was my film. second time, yeah. Uh, so the, the documentary, it's 90 minutes long. It's made by a friend of hers, although maybe they're not friends anymore. Someone that she met in art college or whatever. That, and it, essentially, it packs in a lot, though, for a 90-minute situation. Uh, it kind of gives a, an overview of her life story and like like growing up in the conditions that she did and the culture that she has while also uh, her artistry and that kind of stuff. And it's definitely about more than music. It's about her activism. It's about her struggles in the industry. It's about her background and uh, her family and their connections to particularly dark stuff. Um, did you get anything new from it the second time? Like, you're a fan of the documentary in advance. You yeah. were hyping it up. Uh, it is a really good documentary. It's not, like, I was worried it might be a hagiography. There's elements of that, but generally it's very compelling, and I felt like I learned a lot. Uh, what did you think about the second time? Uh, the first time I saw it was in the lighthouse, and uh, the sound of that documentary sounds unreal in a really proper cinema. Um, and there was actually, it was kind of interesting because there were certain points um, in the cinema where, like, music would drop in, and it seemed so powerful and so strong, and it didn't necessarily feel like that. So I would kind of advise anybody who's going to go see it that maybe they should try and see it in a proper cinema screen. So, so hashtag died. not gives an hotel. Hashtag slept very badly. Dahi just slamming. Uh, <laughs> I feel like Dahi might have a deal with a rival hotel. Hashtag lighthouse. Hashtag best cinema in Dublin. <laughs> I, I mean, I think it's a fantastic documentary. I think it's genuinely really, really excellent. I think uh, you guys did a panel afterwards, which was really, really good. Um, Thanks. It kind of, <laughs> it kind of it, it, like, it, did there you was take a, a stab at saying their name? No, I didn't. Uh, I, I will say this though, Dahi, great. There's a fucking expert for you, anyway. Dahi said, uh, Dahi said that I was very good on the. Panel. You were very good. Oh, I was very geez, proud. Of you. Thanks. He did us proud. Uh, Don't encourage him. Have you heard anything from MIA on your he performance? Did you bring you kind of? He didn't. He didn't mention the Twitter like hundred tracks a day or whatever. Fucking hundred tracks a day. <laughs> don't don't, don't he tempt he me. He didn't mention it. He didn't mention it once. So I that kept was it very, very professional. Was very, I'll have you know. Very and there was a really good panel. It was myself. It was Dean Van Nguyen, Louise Bruton of the Irish Times, and Andrea Cleary, friend of the show and co-host of the Nine Nine Podcast. So it was a, a murderous row of Irish music journalists. Yeah, it's and, a, I, it's and a I had really a clip on Mike guys. It was like it was the dream. But sorry, oh, Dahi, continue. Oh, wow. Yeah, no, it's it's a really really good documentary. I mean, it, it kind of, you kind of come away thinking that it's like it's there's very almost very, like very little of it is. To do with the actual music it's very much a kind of a, a documentary more about her life and kind of her coming to terms with who she is and and how difficult it is to be a kind of a pop star and another thing mm-hmm. when especially in america kind of people want you to be one particular thing and mm. nothing else um, yeah she's an artist that strives times, to be taken seriously yeah. and feels overlooked and she kind of has this punk element to better from the get-go and from the get-go is very much the case i mean like this is like an oasis supersonic situation uh, where someone was filming at a very early age from early yeah. yeah but she was filming from a very early age uh, which kind of raises its own interesting questions which we discussed on the panel and yeah back to dave's performance i mean what was he oh, doing with his hands days. because you talk about the struggles of a pop star when you do get the clip on mic like that it's that thing of what do you do with your hands he had one hand on his kind of the back of his head very nicely kind okay, of like casual you know, yeah, yeah showing yeah. off his tattoos quite well yes. um, I actually had he, a very he's kind of leaning, leaning back yeah no, he I, was no, leaning no, no, very no, far I, back I, as well I give you a chaise long on the <laughs> yeah. stage I had yeah, yeah. Uh, cross legs and my, my, my hands clasped over my knee situation uh, the whole world could see my uh, my lack of socks that I, that I had oh on my god so I had the ankles it's out it's 2018 the mankles the mankles yeah is that a thing it's man's ankles yeah did you not bring socks or did you like casually toss them aside in the hotel room just before you came 
down. <laughs> he changed. He had, a, he had an on panel costume. I'm wearing socks right now. It just doesn't look like I am, but I am. See? Uh, they're invisible. He's in a Gibson Tell you what, yeah. Tell you what this, this is podcast yeah. gold. Head right. over to Twitter to see pictures of David's ankles. <laughs> yeah, it was a good night. I enjoyed it. And it was a good distraction from the week I've been having because I've been besieged by hate mail. Uh, oh, in, yes, in, since, in, since last week. In the form of emails, uh, Twitter uh, tweets, I think they call them. Um, uh, <laughs> I mean, I don't know what you expected, though. Like, yeah, surely yeah, come on. Like, it, like, you like, like this was not... For anyone who on doesn't know... What on I'm, the cards! What I'm re- Part of the plan! <laughs> <laughs> what I'm referring to. Uh, I wrote a piece, I wrote an obituary for the Stripes, may they rest in peace. And some people... An obituary. Someone who sent me a fucking email. The email subject header was re-stripes obituary. Yeah. And it was from a guy called Professor Michael Higgins. And I thought, is it the president? <laughs> <laughs> this is the president speaking. Like, and he said, because he began this email with Akara. Oh, yeah. Wow. That very much sounds like it, doesn't yeah, it? It could and be him. That's how people write letters to the Irish Times, isn't it? Yeah. And sign off. Is, is Misha. Yeah, but he did it. It's Misha it, Professor Higgins. No, no, he what? Said, he said, okay, so he said, Akara. He goes, the stripes said one thing that you will never see. Real talent is Michel Lamas, Professor Higgins. No, well, way. I mean, he's a, a professor. That's so. amazing. Turns out it wasn't Michael Z. Higgins. Uh, oh. Thank God. But uh, yeah, I've had a lot of people come out at me. I've read them all, guys. I've had some people <laughs> start threads of their own claiming that the Stripes were not supported by the Irish music industry, which is fucking hilarious, and you really need to do your own homework there, I'm afraid. But uh, I stand by it. And uh, the, uh, my, my prevailing takeaway from this, guys, is I'm right. <laughs> is it going to become a weekly column or no, yeah, it is. just to remind everyone the stripes are still gone and it's still good riddance <laughs> uh, look listen I mean you fucking it, it, the only thing worse than people not talking about you <laughs> <laughs> we'll move on uh, how do you guys feel about set times and people posting them online and giving you the information of, uh, for a gig godsend admin I'm a fan yeah, we're, yeah. I think we're all up oh, for that no, I'm, not, I'm not at all really don't post your fucking stage times okay, okay so this though. has come because slaves have started a debate they said they don't post times to their shows uh, because we were the support once we wouldn't be here if nobody turned up to watch us then so if you turn up when your ticket says you'll be fine so you can watch the support act that we have uh obviously that has kicked off a bit of a debate from people saying you know look you don't clearly don't have to book babysitters to get out for a few hours you don't have to you know arrange transport blah 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 your you time don't have might to stay in the pub while yeah, your, support act your time might not be limited blah blah and then other people saying you know they have a perfectly valid point dahi you feel so yeah, no, it's very important. So, like, if you're a support act, you ha- you the only way that you can uh, like really, really get a good crowd is if people don't really know what time everything's going to kick off at. Um, and then, f- as if you're if you're a headline act, it's actually really, really important for people to come kind of a little bit after, say, doors, because you want to get as much of the crowd in there um, with the support act. Sure. So, that, I mean, the whole idea behind a support support act is to build up the crowd for the headline act. And if uh, everybody comes in after support act then they're not warmed up and you have to spend the first three or four tracks warming them up and that's dumb as shit so like very very clearly you just don't give out stage times and you can sometimes um, but yeah I think it's I think it's pretty important to, to not do it just come to the show and see the whole show yeah I mean sometimes shows can be quite long though these are just these tired journalists just going <laughs> well, like, you know, I don't know like, like, if you're paying your money I mean as long as once you're there you abide by the rules and kind but of respect if you're paying your money but you want this, to have the full thing like, but, like the full this thing show. of like it, it's your sense of civic duty to kind of catch every act that they put on like clearly I mean I get the thing about building an atmosphere and why it's helpful for the headliner but the point here of it being about the sport act 
I mean, clearly it started as a role for cross-promotional stuff for record companies and things of like, here's the next thing that, you know, if you like this. It's essentially the trailers for the game. Yeah, it's co-feature, yeah. Um, now, in the, like the case of uh, Slaves, uh, who are coming from um, a kind of punk scene, yes, they probably get a good leg up and it is part of a community and like-minded musicians. So I can see their point. But overall, I think it's helpful if people know stage times. It's Yeah. It's, but you know. this, this quote with the drowning sounds, Derek Robertson. Hang on, Derek Robertson, you talk about tired journalists now. I mean, like, Derek <laughs> is tired because he uh, recently spent, uh, he celebrated being a father. Uh, like, for one year, he's been a father for one year as of this week. Uh, I, myself, uh, have been posting songs Songs on Twitter for years, so uh, it's it's good, it's good to know that I thought uh, you were going baby. to reveal that you were hiding a child there. <laughs> it's good to know that uh, Derek actually has a life. The story uh, of Addy Dave. <laughs> Drowning Sounds, Derek Robinson, who Dahi and I met in Amsterdam and hung out with. Yeah. Uh, he's a lovely man. Lovely man. He, Terrible quote, though. He said, it? as someone who has spent untold hours waiting around in venues and vast sums of money on shit beer while waiting, I can only say that this is bullshit. Vast sums of money on shit beer. Like, just don't buy the fucking beer. Well, well, no. I mean, look, first of all, I think there is a certain reaction that you're going to get from journalists here. Yeah, as, exactly. As right? you already yeah. knew. Because we treat to. gigs like work, yeah. And it's like, you know, like it's a case of, uh, well, when can I leave the gig? Yeah, and what's more is, well, you know, the idea of getting value for money, we're comped in because we're reviewing them. So we're not worried about, yeah, yeah, getting bang for the buck or whatever. Also, like. I think most of you guys get the set times. Yeah. Yeah. Regardless of so. whether the audience does. What, so, are, you like, say, what are you getting at, Dahi? I don't so, like, like your tone. I don't even know why you're complaining. Like, you I'm get not complaining. Anyway. I'm just saying. Yeah, you are. You're all complaining. Well, hold on. <laughs> the majority of fans, I would assume, aren't that pushed about support acts. Now, you'd rather they were, but, like, they're getting tickets to see the headline act. Then the support is maybe announced after. I or think, or I, yeah. No, you shouldn't give the Sage times because then they just won't go see the support. Yeah, I, and the no, whole thing is ruined. Look, I, what are you all talking about? I do kind of agree with that. I think though, like you have to be slightly more clever in ways of like you know, okay, how are we going to get people to be here in time to see the support act or whatever? And part of it has to be that you know, if the main band is coming on at say like nine or a quarter past, let's not open doors at six thirty. Yeah, well, that's, that's true. a clear strategy to also, just like gouge money. Yeah, it's always generally understood. It's like an hour. It's our doors, an hour. Support, I have the answer. An hour. I have the Stop. answer. Okay, great. Okay. Let's, hear it. Let's hear it. Stop going to gigs. I'm right. I have the answer. This is the Dave is right episode. Okay. Gig curation is the way forward. Not just let's lump on their label mates or lump on someone who's a sound alike. This week, last night actually, at the time of recording, uh, there was a gig in the Tivoli Theatre and it was Shame, The Fontaines, and also The Murder Capital. Right, yeah. And that was sold as holy shit. These three bands, which, you know, are similar, but are all coming from a certain scene, and there's a lot of buzz about them. So you've invented the big four. Of <laughs> <laughs> in this case, oh, uh, in this case, the, the medium three. Okay. Um, and this was like, you know, oh my God, like, that's a hell of a bill, considering that's like a showcase. Yeah, that's but that's like a, what, that, yeah, that's that kind is, of what you're that, hoping for anyway. With that's an idea. Like, you know, but oftentimes, oftentimes it's, it, like, it can be a random thing, or it can just be like someone who's like starting out. And like, not to remove that from them, but like, if you sell the gig as, as Craig was kind of alluding to, like a triple feature, a double feature, mm. as opposed to, well, true, but if you're going on tour, then that becomes incredibly yeah. difficult because Especially you're bringing two or three acts to all five or six cities that you're and playing. And there's always going to be one act bigger than the other two, like yeah. always. Right? Yeah, you need to be guess, able to book like, local it's, talent. It's, it's, one of them tickets, kinda, the other one might not. Some but. people like like love going to support bands, and they do it to support the support band. Like it's a, like it's a rite of passage for them. Other people miss out on great support acts and miss out on great discoveries because they are in the pub. But at the same time, I think this. This comes down to personal choice. And, like, yeah, I mean, like, our attitude towards going to gigs generally is a case of, like, well, what are we really there for? Are we reviewing this gig? Am I excited about this act? Am I just going to go? Uh, oh, that support act's on. I'm a fan of them already. I was about to say, usually I'll check out the support act anyway, though. 
Maybe I mean, people just need must to do have, that more oh, yeah, as well. Yeah. There must have been some part where you went to a show, saw a support act, and went, holy shit, that's a great band. Yeah, and then, yeah of course. So, so then why would it's not any universal rules? So though, if you like. gave out the stage signs and if everybody went and missed the support act, then you might not catch the new music. Most people are going to a gig because they know the band already. Support act is a good way to get people well, who generally... you're kind of like tricking people into being exposed to stuff. <laughs> Do you know what yeah, I mean? But like, just tell us the but stage the same, signs, Dottie. But it's the same reason why a festival is so lucrative for an unheard act because it's got this passerby trade that people like walk by, yeah, yeah. see your thing. And if you can hold an act, if you can hold a, a, an audience or build an audience in a festival where nobody's ever heard of you, that's a really good, okay, good thing to do. Hang on a second, right? That. Hang on a second, right? The guy gets a fucking farmer's qualification and thinks he's <laughs> running the world. I've seen you... <laughs> running the world! I've seen you post stage times before. You've done it. You're part of the problem, Don. Yeah, you're killing live like music. No, I've seen it, man. Ah, no, that's different, you see, because that's I, I, I didn't have a support act that time. I had just a DJ before and after. Well, backtracking oh. here, isn't it? No, it's not backtracking. He if could, I had a he could have been my new favourite DJ, If I had a support act, I wouldn't even think. I don't know. God We're gagging off. Okay. Uh, yeah, so like, I guess a, a couple of degrees beyond not announcing your stage time, unannouncing <laughs> your gigs. Um, at the least stage. they let people know. <laughs> Mumford and Sons <laughs> have postponed their tour. Uh, they kicked it off here in Dublin last week, apparently. Yeah, they did. Uh, last Friday night. Then they too played, much for no- <laughs> Yeah, then they played in Belfast, and then they decided they weren't playing anywhere screw, else. This is too hard. Liverpool, Cardiff, Sheffield, and Manchester shows have been uh, rescheduled for 2019 because of technical and logistical challenges. Well, with a band like Mumford and & Sons and their ambition and their kind of, you know, their, their commitments to Too on, many banjos. Putting on a show, like, you know, like it's like a David Byrne situation. There's a lot of moving parts here. Yeah, no, so, to, to be fair, like I no, just none I, of you have seen the show, so shut the fuck up. Yeah, well, I'm, <laughs> I'm just so loving bad, this episode. Like, that's so bad. I told you it'd be good. I, I did. <laughs> What's that? I told you this would be a good episode. <laughs> Dave was like, no, people should just not listen. <laughs> I uh, I had a look online, so they were playing in the round, and apparently it was full on sort of like nooks and crannies and I ramps hate, yeah. and ladders really? and everything on the stage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you hate in the round? Yes. Colin likes saying mm. in the round. <laughs> like, I mean, it's a nice term, <laughs> but... Like, I feel like you're always the in the round reporter. Well, somebody always loses <laughs> Yeah, round, definitely. Right? It's somebody never a kind loses. of... It's never a fair thing. Or wins, if you like. If you know. Like, well, you yeah. see... It's like life, I suppose. Well, actually, I'm, I'm not sure what it would be like in a proper venue, so to speak, as in, like, in a basketball arena, which these things are built for. Yes. Yeah. They've started in three arena, which is absolutely not built for these sorts yeah, of shows. Yeah, that's the problem. And like reading about these logistical challenges, yeah, give me an like, example of, of of this particular stagecraft here. Well, so Muse brought their show. The Drones tour Arcade was in the round. Yeah. Arcade of Fire was in the round. Thing, the U two like, gig is the one that jumped to mind though, because I remember talking to their set guy uh, and their sound guy, uh, Willie Williams. Unfortunately, oh, yeah. the set guy's <laughs> name is called and uh, good name, good name, J- good Joe name. Hurley, their sound designer. But they were saying that like. Remember they didn't announce for Dublin on that tour the first time around because they were doing all the arenas and they were like, we don't know if this is going to work. And they really did go to Three Arena and spend an entire day with the crew there just kind of kicking around ideas and seeing what sort of changes they'd have to make. So, you know, these things can be very complicated, I suppose. And maybe, I mean, is it possible the Mumford & Sons had the bad luck of setting themselves up for their first night in Three Arena and then going... I should, this isn't going to work anywhere else. I mean, somebody has to get fired for this thing because it's absolutely yeah. ridiculous. Like you can't, like somebody shouldn't be working in this, the, like the industry ever again because like it's just completely crazy that like that that, that apology isn't even good enough as well. They, like they have a big long page of an apology, but it's I mean, totally vague. There's nothing it's totally really... vague. Like, and again, you have this problem where if somebody cancels a gig, like okay, if it's sickness or whatever, that's fine. 
Um, but people still pay a ton of money. And I bet people who go to see Mumford & Sons, Mumford and Sons, this might be their only show that they're going to. I yeah, really, that's the thing. Uh, hang on, I want to come back to that statement <laughs> in just a second. I really enjoyed this statement. The truth is, it is simply not humanly possible to play these particular shows at this time. And we are sorry, the reality that only tree landed after we completed Belfast yesterday. <laughs> it's not a fucking video game level. <laughs> it is, It is. yeah, yeah. George Best's face comes up and you get to enter your initials. <laughs> So, Joey, uh, you're saying that people who go to Mumford & Sons aren't real music fans. Is that what you're saying, yeah? Maybe I am. Maybe I am. Well, I would imagine that's like... <laughs> Lads, he's really taken to this podcast. <laughs> I, I, I kind of want to see this show, though. This is like additional Bad hype news, for me. Greg, you can't. I know, yeah, you but... Missed it. You missed your chance. <laughs> well, you know, you'll really have a chance though. in What's going on? Really it seems the, ambitious to me. <laughs> at the end of that like statement as well, they go, we are so sorry we yeah, to do this, but great. we will see you soon. In-store record signings this week will go ahead as planned. So they're still going to each of the fucking towns. But I'm just now imagining like, Marcus Mumford, like that Spider-Man musical where he's like hanging off the thing and just like, I, I want to see this. I don't know. There was a great Twitter reply as well where there was a girl just going, just like, just use the stage that's already there. Yeah. Just play the game. Just play the fucking show. Like, like, don't be a fucking idiot. We're coming for the music, mate. Any yeah. chance you'll pop into the local and do a few tunes oh, anyway? I, I love that. that. Could could you, yeah, yeah. Also, could you fucking imagine if you were in your locals and Mumford and Sons popped in? <laughs> Smoking area for the night, lads. Jesus. Oh, they'd come out there as well. They're ambitious. <laughs> what else is going on? Uh, Snoop Dogg is uh, finally about time. It has got a star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame. How big is the Hollywood Walk of Fame? It's is very it, long. Yeah, it's, I was going to say just the four years after Pitbull got one. Yeah, <laughs> it, 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 it like I mean it, it spans a very very yeah. very large street. And they've also like. done like two runs of it now, so there's like two lanes of stars yeah. as well, and it's kind of. There's loads. There's loads of panels left, though. Right, what's, okay. what's the what's the he's number? two thousand six hundred and fifty first. I mean, he's deserving, though, right? He is very. deserving. If you're just talking about like famous sure. rappers, not even kind of the best of all time, he's probably the most well-known well known rapper. Yeah. But Craig, I'll tell you, he thinks he's deserving because he <laughs> yeah. said, "I want to thank me for believing in me. I want to thank me for doing all this hard work. I want to thank me for having no days off, and I want to thank me for never quitting. I want to thank me for always being a giver and trying to give more than I receive." I want to thank me for trying to do more right than wrong and for just being me at all times. So he's, he's gone down the Conor McGregor route here. Yeah. Yeah. I'd Self like to hear him rap that, actually. He could totally sell that as a rap. I, I mean, I'm fine with all of it until he gets to I want to thank me for just being me at all times. And it's like, hang on, like... You've made a reggae album as Snoop Lion. <laughs> Your so last true. release was is a two and a half hour gospel double LP. Snoop is vast. He contains multitudes, man. That was just another aspect of Snoop. Yeah, Snoop he's Lion just being a, a different Snoop. Um, yeah. Snoop, Snoop Dogg is more of an idea at this stage. <laughs> he also did He did thank Dr. Dre and Quincy Jones, so it's all fine. Yeah. <laughs> Fantastic. Let's go back to you two, though, for a second. Dahi and I were at that gig, as we know. Uh, the tour is wrapped up now, I believe. Someone, I, I think we, we had the question there recently on the show, like, is this the start, be, middle, or end of the tour? And I said, middle. Turns out it was the end. I think I said, yeah. I think I said beginning. Nonetheless, I was wrong. On rare occasion that I was wrong. Uh, you two, however, have been proven right that gigs still make money because they've made a lot of money with the Experience in Innocence tour by uh, pocketing $126.2 million in the bank. Thank you, you'd probably have to pay That's a lot. pretty strong. Yeah. Probably have to pay a lot of tax on that, wouldn't you? <laughs> did, did they, they didn't break records with this Somewhere. one, did they? Uh, no. No, the Joshua Tree did better, right? That was like the yeah, well, the Joshua Tree was a stadium tour, to be fair. Oh, so, right, yeah. yeah, that was absolutely yeah. massive. I think, I think that did break... That went over three hundred million last year. Yeah, uh, it was the biggest, biggest, biggest of the year, I think. And there's chatting now that they're going to take a break for a while. Probably I mean, can we see for that? the best, I think. Well, got, why they, not? They've been like, pretty hard, haven't they? Like, 
Yeah. Yeah, they have actually. But they, they, they have, of, yeah, because like the Joshua Tree tour slotted in between the two album tours, which by U2 standards were was, probably yeah. an average distance apart, so to speak. Four years, which was exactly yeah, yes. Yeah. But so they've had three major tours in four years. Um, well deserved then. Yeah. Well done the lads. When you see them making this sort of money though, I mean, it does put them getting back in studio and making a new album into perspective in they've a way. You're made, just like, why They've bother? grossed uh, 2.15 billion mm. in their career. Sold 27.7 million tickets. That's a lot. Do you know how much that is in tax? Oh, wait. <laughs> <laughs> oh, leave it. Uh, <laughs> too easy, too easy. They sold out all 59 shows as well. That's pretty good. Yeah. Uh, sold almost 100,000 tickets on this tour. And off the back of a lousy record. I mean... It just goes to show you, man. People just turn out for the act. They, oh, of course. They turn out because they, you know, they're they like, it's you too. It doesn't matter. They can yeah. release their credit proof, as we know. Um, I, mean, but, like, I mean, like, you do have to respect, in a way, the fact that they do keep on hustling somewhat in studio because I mean like yeah they're taking a break now so it'd be so easy to come back with like some gigs in 2020 for yeah. their 40th anniversary of their first album then the following year you have an Octung Baby yeah. anniversary tour oh, yeah. like basically they could, could just go on anniversary tours from now on when you they think, don't need to fuck around with anything, yeah, anything new when you think they're where they are at now like it's the same position as the Stones in I guess the late 70s early 80s right. and the Stones just decided we're not going to bother with albums really you know yeah. like they stopped making classics at least you two are trying to stay kind of critically relevant I don't know how good a job they're doing but yeah not so much uh, that story I feel kind of guilty for leading that story so I'm going to pass the mic and the reins to a resident business music journalist Craig Fitzpatrick <laughs> for more money in music stories sure yeah Katy Perry's had a great year she's been named Forbes highest paid woman in music Colin um, is raising his hand not a year so this Forbes music thing runs from June to June, and oh. I've been tearing my hair out for the week about this. Like, why? <laughs> why the fuck is the highest earning person of 2018 judged from June 2017? <laughs> I would imagine to the halfway point of 2018. Something to do with tax? A little to do? Yeah, it's to do with American tax law, and it's a lot to do with Forbes kind of scheduling. So it doesn't apply to you too, right? No, um, no. no. <laughs> well, no. I have to get my lawyer to answer that question. Um, but yeah, this is for a year of sorts. Um, Perry a played year, 80 yeah. dates on She's the world's most successful tour. singer of a year. <laughs> She's doing well, though. Oh, I mean, winter, she's fair. huge on Twitter, but I don't know if I'd go and see her tour. I'm really surprised that she turned out on the top. I mean, it, it seems like the, the most that she was getting paid for was for the TV show, right? She was yeah, she got yeah, 20 she's American million Idol. for American, American Idol. Idol yeah. I mean, her tour made a million, more than a million a night, which like not shabby. Uh, yeah, she's up from ninth place in 2017. Beyonce is, uh, she's down to third place. She won't be happy with that. Um, yeah. That On The Run 2 tour didn't do amazingly with Jay-Z, well, did Yeah, it? but it also mainly fell outside of this time oh, thing because yeah. it was in so, July. Yeah, it's really, <laughs> so we can't put much stock in anything. Yeah, you're saying like, you know, she's from ninth place on. in 2017, like some of 2017. Okay, so yeah, like the rest of this list, Taylor Swift is there. Again, she'll be way up the list next year because most of her tour was in the fifth Fiscal year of 2019, <laughs> according Dallas. to Forbes magazine. She's also signed a new record deal. Yeah, yeah, you, well, yeah, we don't actually know what that's worth, though, so they might have to guess on that. Uh, Celine Dion, Britney Spears, Jennifer Lopez, and then one outlier, the Helena Fischer, yeah. a Russian-German star in eighth place. Lads, I fell down this rabbit hole earlier, <laughs> and oh, yeah. what I a would, rabbit yeah. hole the, the it is. Schlager music. Schlager music, yeah. <laughs> 
What is that? So it's this, it's kind of a traditional form of music in Germany and Eastern Europe. It basically it rose uh, after the war, after the Second World War. Right. And so like when, start. Well, you know, when all the kind of liberal Western types were coming in oh, with their course. rock okay. and roll, this was the sort of down-home, traditional, yeah, yeah, very righteous, very pious, say, conservative. When you said liberal Western types, I was waiting for the word snowflake. <laughs> Where's he going these, with this? These, these Berlin, <laughs> these post-war Berlin snowflakes. Yeah, although I suppose yeah, the sort of person who would use a phrase like liberal <laughs> snowflakes might be digging this these tunes. It's very much aimed so at on, sort of old school. You're saying the German conservatives got into this after? Okay. A little bit, like yeah. So it's kind of like a lot of baby boomers and stuff would be listening to this now like and right. basically the best comparison that i could make from what i was able to find about her sort of target market and blah 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 nathan carter I was just about to right say nathan <laughs> carter, yeah. she's the biggest artist in germany and around there in the same way that nathan carter is here and to be fair she's kind of done her own modern twist on it it's kind of electro poppy style um <laughs> Are, like it's not good. It's sort yeah, of it's, it's okay. sort of what somebody born in 1970 imagines cool kids music would sound like, you know. And uh, this is her, horrendous. Yeah, but, but th- this latest the- this latest tour that she was on, um, which was absolutely massive, um, seven figures per stop, over a million every day, and it was a collaboration with Cirque du Soleil. So oh. it was a full-on gymnastics show. Oh, sorry. Thing. Uh, we talked. We talked off Mike about the wrestling that took place last mm. weekend, and Cullen watched Survivor Series and didn't watch NXT. I watched both and uh, went to work on Monday morning, having stayed up to watch Survivor Series because I'm a giant child. Uh, Mara Ronaldo. Yeah. Uh, you know, love him or hate him, commentator. Mamma mia! On NXT, refer- when Ricochet. Tope Suicida! Yeah, that's, that's what he sounds like. <laughs> Ricochet. Future did, drops there. <laughs> Ricochet did like a, a double backflip, reverse moonsault thing with Jake off top he of the cage. He does those. And Mauro Ronaldo went, Sector Ricochet! Like, <laughs> it doesn't work, Mauro. <laughs> Much like you crowbarring in all your fucking ridiculous pop culture references. <laughs> I fucking can't stand him! Well, that's pro wrestling, baby. Yeah. Uh, what's the name of the genre of music again, Colin? Give it your best. Schlager music. <laughs> okay. <laughs> right. Uh, if you want to get Christmas is coming up, guys, and if you want to get some fucking gifts for people who are into music, there are lots of things around that you can get. Some very wacky things on the bill. Craig Fitzpatrick, what caught your eye? I kind of want the Wilco themed wood chopper. To be quite honest, I think <laughs> it sounds axe. rustic. Pretty, pretty expensive though. Four hundred and forty-eight dollars for that axe. Uh, how much am I worth you, yeah. mate? There's a, there's a Travis Scott mask that someone is going to get arrested wearing. Um, <laughs> Very much so. Yeah, for harassment or something. Uh, Fifty dollars though, not too bad. Um, I wouldn't mind the 1975 Poison Me Daddy T-shirt. Oh God, no, that's a bit. <laughs> Well, that's massage very oil. wrong I, for I you to I I would obviously be. want the cook, cupcake fucks me to sleep pillow because like <laughs> yeah. she's already my girl. So I would like the Mitski combination lock that says "Free the Cowboy." I do it. enjoy that. That's pretty yeah. good. And uh, and DJ Khaled <laughs> with a throne for two and a half grand. Why not? <laughs> Uh, a Star is Born Ali t-shirt. It's a really ugly t-shirt though. It's, did you see the did you see it? It's like Oh, it's terrible. Really it looks ugly. like something that you get in like uh pennies. Asha or something. No, it looks like something that someone who's just got out of prison has as a tattoo of their child or something, <laughs> you know. Well, uh, I don't know how to pivot to the album of the week from that. I don't know if you can. <laughs> so let's just listen to a snippet of music from our album of the week. Comes this week from Batman Anderson Pack. You know 
Taken from third album proper Oxnard We've been talking about this record uh, In advance There was a single release At the start of the summer Called Bublin It's not on here There was a collaboration For something else entirely And then he released Tints He released Who Are You And now here's Ten more tracks And two bonus ones If you're into that kind of thing Now a lot of hype about this guy We're fans of this table We've been looking forward To this album I have been expressing A bit of trepidation about it Saying that I fear It might be a bit too lightweight Unfortunately for me, those dreams were realised and subsequently dashed. I think this is a big disappointment. What? Yes, I do. Guys. Um, well, it's his, I think, interestingly, his first record for Aftermath and, by extension, Interscope and Universal. So it's kind of like a major debut for him. And you have Dr. Dre exec producing. So, I mean, what we should talk about when we talk about Anderson Pack, he's a West Coast guy. He's very much... He grew up on kind of G-Funk stuff. Um, Dr. Dre is his mentors. Dr. Dre has been to a lot of people. And while I think actually I've now come around to think this is a great album, I'm not sure it's a great Anderson Pack album. It's his kind of homage to G-Funk. It's for if you're a lover of that West Coast sound. So it's a certain type of hip-hop album, but it's not his song and dance soulful thing that we loved on Malibu. So it's, I guess you have to, you know, judge your expectations and take it accordingly. Yeah, I don't know. I really like this album. Um, I think there was enough variance throughout the whole thing. You had a co- enough different kind of tracks. I mean, I think there was a, there's a really interesting kind of concept in this one where, especially with, say, the opening track, they kind of it starts with this kind of background noise of him getting into a car and starting uh, like a radio station. And the radio station is just like, and the evacuation. And it's like almost like it's like the end of the world, which is kind of what America is like right now, I presume. And it's like, <laughs> it's like this like this chaos is just like raining yeah. around. And then this album almost feels like this kind of like distraction to it kind of thing. Yeah, it goes straight from that chaos into him getting roadhead. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Like, Again, yeah, it's yeah. a Dr. Dre produced album. <laughs> and it's, it's got this kind of... Do we need that? Like? Okay, yeah, there's some of the skits no. here, and that was very uncomfortable to listen to, like, if anybody else was in my car while I was driving around or anything, it's like a pretty pretty difficult thing to listen Girlfriend to. Girlfriend like, in the passenger yeah, yeah, seat. Like, what are you fucking listening to? It's like, oh, never, never it's, it's work, baby. It's a, yeah, it's, it's a work thing. It's, it's, podcast, yeah. it's really, like, really hard to listen to. But, like, there is a kind of an idea of, like, this kind of... I don't know. He he seems very accepting of the basically the world is ending kind of thing, and it's just kind of having fun with it, which I really really liked. Um, I think there's a noticeable thing with the production here where it's not relying on a lot of kind of samples or anything. There seems to be a lot of really good live instrumentation on yeah. this. Um, the production is out of this world, I think, and you kind of really see how Anderson Pack is not just a rapper. He's not just a singer. He's like a producer and like a really really good in multi instrumentalist as well. And like it just feels like a like a, a cal above a lot of the, the, the say the hip hop records this year but it also like it's crazy because I think it's a really high quality but there's just so much good hip hop this year that it's it might get buried with like the level but that of all the to me stuff, is you know? the thing it, that's why it doesn't hold up because I think you know as a so production, you're comparing it to the rest of the year basically then I'm comparing it to the current moment I suppose and yeah. like there's a lot of I think he's trying to be Kendrick on this album and I don't think it works I really? don't think he's necessarily trying to be Kendrick his Try- ability is not in question here right. and I saw one headline that said Anderson Pack is still great even though he's made a good album and to me it's a it's a good album but it's not a great album and it's nowhere close to it 
Okay, do you think it's nowhere close to it? He's nothing to say. You see, this. I think that this is actually very close to being an outstanding album. Tell me what and he I has to say I think there is an this. effort to make an outstanding album. Well, you see, this is the thing. I think that Craig is onto something when he says that it is just like an homage to G-Funk. At the same time, I think there are moments in this record where he feels a certain pressure, or a certain duty to sort of carry a flag of, you know, what is the story now, so to speak. Which is why, you know, you have something like him, uh, it's on Six, Six Summers, Summers, isn't it? Yeah. Where, like, you know, he's kind of, like, ripping into Trump a bit and then getting into gun control yeah. almost because he has to, maybe. It's kind of flippant, though. But it's, uh, to yeah, Dohi's it's just, point it's not, of the it's narrative, not com- it's, it's not compatible like, in adjacent verses. Yeah, That's it's a big that issue. Help, helpless kind of almost hedonistic thing of, oh, well, it's a party for the end of the world, so we'll just get on with the kind of sex and fun and, you know, good funk. Yeah, yeah but I mean, like, you know, musically and lyrically and even conceptually, like, they're, they're kind of, and I think this is the point, that, like, he's just almost spreading himself a little too thin here. He's trying to achieve a bit too much. Yeah, yeah. Um, but at the same time, A, I think there are a lot of things that do stand up here. I think the production is fantastic. I think, as you say, the instrumentation, like, the guy is a polymath, so it makes sense that, you know, you're going to have a lot of those boxes ticked. But... I, I mean, I don't know. I've used the phrase before in this podcast that, like, you know, I'll always give points to a noble failure. Yeah. And I think that is something, you know, like, it's like a degree of difficulty or something in gymnastics. You know, you have to give credit for the fact that, like, he mightn't have stuck the landing, but this is ambitious stuff. Yeah. It doesn't have the highs of some of his other stuff for me, um, the likes of Malibu, and it is missing that soulful thing with real kind of thematic stuff that that has weight to it um like uh, the opening of malibu is kind of you're immediately captivated by this soulful dude he's like he feels like a successor to marvin gay he's got a story to tell on this that's a bit flat because it, i think it is playing into that g-funk thing yeah i do think there's there's bursts of great kind of live instrumentation i think that's where he excels but other times it sounds so immaculate and so polished that I think he's trying to fit himself into a Dr. Dre exec production thing and it stifles him slightly. Yeah, I mean, somebody kind of suggested during the week, I saw it, can't remember where now, but that like, you know, Dre putting his name to somebody is usually the, the sort of figurative him putting his arm around them and yeah. then and walking, almost, his walking them like into that, that. Right? His verse, his feature verse is exactly like that. A little bit, yeah. I mean, the features on this record are actually great. Yeah. Pushy Pretty much like generally. at all, though. Until I, I got so to the, Good. And like that, like I didn't realize it was that, him. That they I think really is the album highlight for me, Brothers really, Keeper. Yeah. I wanted more of that kind of ambition. Um, I enjoyed Q-tip was great. Yeah, I enjoyed Q-tip. Q-tip was fantastic. I even liked the J Cole verse. I think really worked with yeah. that instrumentation. And can I say, if you're listening to this album on Spotify, or if you have been listening to this album on Spotify, do note that the last two tracks are bonuses because having this record they're, finish yeah, on Cheers is so, so much yeah, different yeah. to having it finish on this awful Jamaican patois track of hey, called Left to Right. Yeah. I couldn't so get over that because uh, I didn't realise me neither that they were bonus tracks because yeah. they're not separated. Yeah, exactly. totally and then like I remember where I, I was in like a fucking clothes shop the other day just having a browse and then I listened to it and like it ended on Left to Right and I was like that's a terrible way to end an album. What are you thinking Anderson? And it turns out it didn't really yeah. but they're poor indulgences. I, it's interesting you use the phrase noble failure it's one I use myself quite often and I found myself when you said that they're instinctively thinking no 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 that's too harsh for this but I think you're right I think it actually does make sense it's a noble failure in as much as like it's so grandstanding I think the production is too glossy too immaculate I think he gets buried in it a little bit and also to me the, to use a terrible analogy this is like him signing for like a fucking Premier League team having played for like a first division team and he's not scoring the goals you know it's like the link of play is there 
You know, like he's, 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 he's got some flashy moments, but it's just not happening for him. I don't even know if it's you'd put you'd put that on him because I think sometimes he's let down by some of the production and like I do think Dre like there's I think four purely Dre produced songs and it feels like Dre is trying to serve him up with his own kind of uh, come down and the production we talked about one of the tracks last week and it has this spacey futuristic thing it's great but actually when you put it in with stuff around it you suddenly realize it's not like it's not helping him it's not playing to Anderson Pack's strengths. I think there's probably a lack of his usual really skyscraping hooks there's as well. There's a lack of cohesion on this um, as well. But I will say... I think that's good though. I think it's all relatively speaking because I was feeling that way kind of midweek, a few more listens, and I was like, I'm actually really enjoying all of this. And I yeah. think it's at a higher level than most stuff. Like I was, you know, there was some serious stank face going on. There's some great <laughs> beats to this. I love the polish. That was that was for me as well. Like I listened to the first couple of times and it was kind of like, I was like, God, I've listened to so much hip hop this year. This is really hard to compare on the other stuff. Mm. And then even like from say yesterday and today, I was listening to the, in the car a lot more and it was like, it just, it's really fun Why to play. Why do you think like, a lot like a cohesion works. I think like what I was worried about and we talked about it with the the tense track, right? That we were kind of like this feels like just exactly what we would expect from Anderson Pack. Yeah. And then when we reviewed uh what was it? Uh, who are you? Yeah, yeah, who are you last week? We were like, okay, cool. There's like something different here. And then like you go through this and like I think it changes up enough to make it like really really interesting the whole way through. Your thing where you're you're saying that like he's kind of slightly comparing himself to Kendrick Lamar. I mean, I think it, I think it moves a bit like that where like you move. So say at the like six summers, it feels like three tracks like mixed together. So there's enough of like a, a change. I don't in know that, if any of them are good tracks though. Six <laughs> they're all track, good I tracks. I think. The way the, yeah. the way the delivery, like I mean, the way you get it, I think I think it's really really good. I, I really really liked it. Um, so yeah, like a lack of cohesion. I, I would say it's more just he changes it up enough to make it interesting the whole way through. And I I do think I mean we have to go back to that sign for Aftermath thing this is like his boyhood dream it's like he's working with Dre it's his big moment he's like I want this kind of album for myself I want to make that kind of album when you say he kind of sounds like Kendrick I think it's because he's dipping into the shared influences that Kendrick had as a kid as well it's all those he cited a few albums in particular he said like this is his college dropout the blueprint or the documentary and I mean, yeah. certainly with regards to the college dropout, like which is the one of those three I'll be the most familiar with, it it, it doesn't really compare. Dave, you said like so. Let's say you're saying that he doesn't actually have a huge amount to say in this record, right? But like last week we were talking about Vince Staples, mm. where basically Vince Staples didn't say anything really. But that, in, yeah, but that, 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 that was the point. Like so, yeah. So like, what? Why would you? Why would you want Anderson Pack to say more and not Vince Staples? That's a fair question. But the Vince Staples thing is like that was clearly like a throwaway exercise for him in this kind of weird like concept twenty one minute job. This is like okay. Let's see how good this guy really is, based on an incredible run of uh, form so far, exceptional ability. That is, to be fair, like like I say, that isn't dulled yeah. on this. But I just feel like whether it's subject matter, like something like as tired as like the fucking slurp sounds of him getting a blowjob, which is just ridiculous. <laughs> that, that, yeah. That's just just, just ridiculous. <laughs> dumb part, and, but because the song itself is really good. The song like, is good. Yeah. Headlow's one of the best tracks yeah. in the it record, is, it, and then it, it just gets ruined by this weird like, stupid skit. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. is that kind of like is that a microcosm of the rest of the album where you have the chase, which is this grandiose thing? You, he unleashes the flutes, <laughs> <laughs> and you feel like you're going to be taken on this voyage, and then you're smashing into this thing I just yeah. felt like I was and watching and does that happen time and time again sorry where you're, you have expectations and you also have this level of playing where you think this should be tackling big topics and doing it exceedingly well and it's just kind of about sex and getting rich yeah I, I felt like I was watching like a summer blockbuster that I was like it's a popcorn movie I felt nothing 
You know, I felt nothing. I'm not I, saying I'm not saying like I'm looking to Anderson Pack to be like to be Kendrick and to be yeah. this social commentator. But I just thought he'd more about him. And I think ultimately, apart from an exercise for his own ability, there's really not much here. And unfortunately, I must award it a six out of ten. Yeah. Six out of ten. I would give it an eight. And I do think this is like this is his that kind of album that he's releasing. He's releasing a new album with Free Nationals, uh, Nationals, who are his live band, who aren't actually on this oh, yeah. next year. Like that'll probably be out in six months. So he's just going to keep moving and probably get back to the stuff you love pretty soon. I hope so. Yeah. Um, I'm going to go for like an 8.5 I really really enjoy this the whole way through one thing that we didn't talk about as well is I think it is the best Snoop Dogg verse oh Snoop is outstanding yeah it's his best since Compton earning that whole like, yeah, 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 exactly. he's great on that Yeah, I think it's really good so then when you actually look like count them up then the features are all pretty great like and yeah, that, yes. that brings it up to this like other huge level and maybe that's where you know he signed this major label kind of big deal and so he can bring in all these like massive names and suddenly they all put down this like really really amazing thing and that brings it up to like an 8.5 for me because I think it's really good yeah world of no sevens I would go 8 I think probably (laughs) 7.5 when when we're we're in a world with sevens but uh, but yes 7.5 thank you for that callback we haven't had a world of no sevens line in a long time I love it okay fair enough you know what maybe maybe Dave's wrong Oh, oh. <laughs> I'm not. I'm right. All right. <laughs> Can I get a number that isn't in a world of no sevens? Column for the songs of the week. Number four, please. Why it's Alessia Cara? Not today. Not today. One day I will need a PhD to sit me down and tell me what it all means. Maybe one day it'll be a breeze, but surely not today. Surely not today Oh, you don't know what sadness means All right, not today, Alessia Cara uh, An act uh, rising, very much kind of still in her in- infancy, I suppose Yeah uh, I want good things for her She had a great song called Here a couple of years ago Which had the Portishead sample And now she's doing this And this is not good This is Breakup Song 101 I can't even believe we're reviewing this This (laughs) Yeah yeah. It's it's, it's been a fucking lean week (laughs) This barely exists as a track It's like landfill pop I listen to it it, Get ready I listen to it like four times And I cannot remember a single bit of it And also when I was listening to it I was like I can't remember if I've heard this or not before It's the most greyest track we've ever reviewed Her album's coming out next week This is the fourth single And the last one before the album drops And yeah, I mean, like, I, it's, I can only describe this as Corrine Bailey Ray. <laughs> oh my god, I was gonna say it. Yeah, on the way there over. You go. Fuck, on the way over, I actually was like, I'm gonna drop a Corrine Bailey Ray reference for the first time yeah, on the show, and they're gonna know. be so impressed. And you just fucking took it from me. Beat you to it. Sorry about that. Yeah, but yeah, this this is Radio Two easily listening blandness <laughs> at a whole new level. But she can do. Decent tunes, so I guess we'll, <laughs> so that's the review. Well, well, we'll see what, what I'm saying is we'll see what the album is like. Oh, you know, God. she's got the fucking Grammy already earlier this year, so yeah, yeah she's we'll doing what, fine. What she this is her now. own production, I think, and I feel like she's still learning the ropes a bit because it's it's very kind of basic. Um, yeah. It is like the Serial Ferrello of pop songs, isn't it? With the not today kind of thing. (laughs) It feels like a lyrical exercise of like, I'll write this kind of song now. And it's just, it is very generic. I'm so annoyed that you got the Corinne Belly Ray. (laughs) I can't believe it. The Holy Grail. (laughs) (laughs) I can't believe we still both think of Corinne Belly Ray now. (laughs) I feel like we mention her every week. Clearly not. Dahi, give me a number. Uh, Three? It's Dido. The song is called Hurricanes. 
Give her her full name, which I'm going to try and remember. Oh, here we go. Yeah, it's name. something like Dido Florian Bunival O'Malley Armstrong. Cloud, I think O'Malley. there's a cloud, cloud in there as well. Yeah. So, yeah, it's an amazing name. Yeah. Uh, so Dido's been around for a long time. The original mm-hmm. stand, the patron saint <laughs> of <original> Radio Two. <laughs> the original stand, the patron saint of Radio Two. Yeah, I mean she's announced a tour. She's coming to Ireland soon. She's a new mm. album on the way. Um, I really enjoyed this until it became a Dido song and then it stopped being a Dido song for a little bit again and we got these kind of like weird glitchy 8-bit 80s movie kind of like rising synth scratches mm-hmm. that I really enjoyed and then it once again kind of became a bit of a Dido song uh, it's a song at war with itself and at times it wins and at times it loses it's, it's produced by her brother who's called Rolo the I one believe. in Faithless yes yeah. um, I think he's doing the whole album and it definitely has like trip hop influences yeah. there which I'm, I really I want that to come back in quite a big way because it, it sounds great yeah, it does start of that as like that classic Dido thing of just acousticy, and also like she always struck me as the Dan Brown of like <laughs> pop music a bit because she was very superfluous description. <laughs> said the five foot nine man, just so literal. Like there was no need, for, like there was no metaphors, or yeah, there was like. <laughs> Oh, he's on fire. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And it does, you know, it's like, I am I just woke up and now I'm doing <laughs> right, this. Yeah, and, then, yeah. and then she starts talking about hurricanes and I'm like, she doesn't actually mean literal hurricanes. <laughs> this is progress, as is the sound. I like it very much. I actually quite like this, you know, because like it does start out quite easy listening, quite bland. And then it, it kind of weaponizes that. It almost lulls yeah. you into a false sense of security. <laughs> um, it's a great... You know, and kind of like seamlessly introduces a few other yeah. elements to... And yeah, by the end of the track, you're thinking, "Oh, yeah, actually, I, I, I think it's really, really close to being a very, very good song." Right? Yeah, because yeah, like, definitely, there's yeah. like a thing in it where, like, when the when that kind of drum pattern beat comes in, where the drop comes in, it's kind yeah. of like I was like, if this was like a little bit crazier, a little bit messier, a little bit like weirder, it would be fucking unreal, and it'd be so out of place and like really, really interesting. I actually quite like the start where you're like, okay, you do get the Dido thing if you like Dido. I think you could make yeah, a really like, excellent remix out of this. Yeah, like the hint, stuff. hint, stuff. Oh, really? I'm gonna drop it down. Well, you reckon? Um, I mean, if, an email there. If, this is, if this is a single, so it probably is a bit safer than what else is on the album. It might yeah. be, we might be in for something. A bit I, I tell you yeah, this. the album's called Still on My Mind. It's due in March. I tell so you, I, mean, really like, I wasn't previously like hyped, and now I'm kind of interested. Yeah, so. yeah definitely. Job go. done. Uh, Fair play. Dido and Rolo. Do the, do the full name. Uh, <laughs> job done. Uh, Dido. The Armstrong uh, siblings. Imagine calling both your kids Florian. Dido and Rilo. Like, yeah. Rilo, Rolo. Rolo. Bunaval Armstrong O'Malley, or whatever it is. Okay, uh, Craig, can I get a number? Yeah, you can. Number two, please, Dave. Well, it's Papa Roach, mate. (laughs) (laughs) Of course it is. (laughs) Song known as Not The Only One. Was 
Okay, so I saw a thing today. Um, it was like a Facebook post or something, and it was by Monster Energy Drink. And they said, <laughs> oh, yeah. and was, I, I assume that every Monster Energy Drink Facebook post is in all caps, right? <laughs> <laughs> just opens with, ah! Uh, no, it wasn't actually, no. Uh, and they even tagged in names. Uh, essentially, it said uh, it had a photograph of uh, Jacoby Shaddix of uh, Papa Roach screaming into a mic. Glad you didn't use the word fame there, but go on. <laughs> Papa Roach fame. And it said, what is your favourite Papa Roach song to slam a Monster Energy drink to? <laughs> and uh, I have to give credit to Brian Coney of The Thin Air, because yeah. he said, oh, I just can't decide. <laughs> <laughs> So, uh, this is terrible. Uh, wow, they're going for some, like, uh, wistfully acoustic into a speed run that you, you hear yeah. on the Warped Tour. This is not better than what they usually do, though. No, because they, they, they have the current Raw theme tune called Born for Greatness, and that's a decent, ridiculously bad song that's actually somehow whipped back around Elastic Band style in the face and becomes a bit fun. Much like an elastic band in the face. Uh, <laughs> now I thought I thought this was really bad and very feels very like chasing the American rock radio. I guess like yeah. with that kind of like never come easy well, yeah, vocal that, like that, that, that vocoder rap made me throw up in my mouth. Yeah. Like, so bad. lyrically he's very much doing it for the kids still. <laughs> Jacoby, so like fair play to him. Oh, this um, is last resort, except with no references to cutting the, yourself. The, the, the acoustic thing at the start very much reminded me of um, that's just the, resort. You know the chicken each the Chinese chicken. What was it burn naked ladies? Burn naked ladies. Yeah, yeah. broke into that. I would have loved wow. it. Imagine an angry version of that. <laughs> I was listening to uh, I don't know what podcast it was, but like someone had this thing where that they said like, it's been. They would it's say, been literally. There was like a pregnant pause, and I started like laughing, thinking. And then one of them, one of them went, "No, no, you got to go back, and you got to say it's been." <laughs> yeah, it's. Uh, yeah, as we say, this is terrible. I saw, I saw, I, like I, when I was just checking out to see what they were up to. Now, uh, I, I saw, I saw they tweeted on Wednesday um, that you know on this day in two thousand and one, released Dead Cell to radio. The song appeared in the film The Queen of the Damned and on the soundtrack for the two thousand one video game Sean Palmer's Pro Skateboarder. Oh, and so, if you missed bad Stuart Townsend vampire movies and snowboarding games in the PS two, <laughs> maybe you'll enjoy this song. <laughs> Song is rubbish. Song is absolutely rubbish. I am. Um, I checked up on them as well, and they recorded. They went into studio. You haven't gone missing. <laughs> it's it's less checking up, more checking in. Yeah, checking in with the shaddocks. <laughs> that should be a feature. Um, no, they I'm released not, an I'm, album I'm, I'm last year. They released an album last year, and they were on tour with Of Mice and Men, and they had to cancel. And they're like, "We'll just go into studio and record like an EP." I was like, "They're still really committed. They're like, you know, fair play to them." So yeah, a lot of bands have kind of stayed the course. Yeah, so. And they're one of them. So keep on keeping on. Okay, uh, Colin Morrigan, there's two songs left. I will go for number five, please. It's Karen O and Danger Mouse with a nine minute epic called Lux Prima.
yeah, a collaboration nobody really saw coming. Uh, at the start of the year, Karano did a track with Michael Kunuka for a Japanese clothing brand, Kenzo, I believe. Uh, a song called Yo My Saint, and I quite enjoyed that one. Uh, this one never really kind of coalesced into earning its space for me. It's nine minutes of kind of... It has, like, sci-fi elements to it that would work uh, as the grounding kind of motif in a really bad indie movie. Uh, I didn't find her terribly arresting. I didn't find the whole thing really had much of a point to it, and I won't be, I won't be checking out the album with relish. Guys. Well, yeah, uh, they're certainly committed to the album because they now have a joint Twitter account. They do, yeah. yeah, that's that's, that's a big serious. Uh, yeah, I'm torn on this track because like it's clearly at least two uh, two songs. Oh yeah, much. Clear, yeah. At least, and, yeah, and yeah. and they're not even woven together with some sort of that's narrative flow. It feels like, almost like an EP that you yeah. listen. Yeah, to precisely. Sort of. But at the same time. They're both good songs, are yeah, enjoyable really in like some this. way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I really, really like yeah, so do I. Like I, the first three minutes are this kind of Pink, Pink Floyd esque yeah, synthy, yeah. as you Synth say, spacing. Amazing, very yeah, gorgeous and really warm sounding. Then it turns into something else, and I thought Karen O was quite arresting. Um, I think she's underrated as a kind of melody writer at times. Mm. Um, it's always just kind of good to hear her do stuff. I'm a big fan. Yeah, so I am too, I'm but at the same biased. time, I do want to preemptively say, like, because there will be a lot of people saying about this track, like, oh, Karen O just singing La 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 is more better than, you know, a thousand other vocalists <laughs> singing a thousand other songs. It's like, no, it's not. I hope she's not wasted on this record, is yeah. what I'm saying. Because really, she gets three standout minutes on this nine-minute track. Yeah, but I, yeah, they were standouts, but they weren't just superfluous I don't think at all true yeah. true but at the same time if we're going to multiply this out and say that we get an hour long album in which oh, she yeah, has okay. 20 significant minutes of you know that doesn't really work out I'm not saying that that's necessarily going to be the way Danger Mouse isn't one to always hog the limelight or anything yeah. like that in fact if anything he seems to know the value of using his collaborators really well mm. um, I am interested to see what comes of this to be honest I'm, but especially on the basis that she gets to shine a little bit more yeah I'm like I'm really looking forward to this album I'm really surprised Dave that you're not into this because this is mm. like this has this like really big cinematic kind of like I think it sounds great as I don't a, know like a it just didn't thing. grab me I mean like again maybe I just need to like get back into the headspace for it or something but it just it didn't it just it didn't sink in i think the synth sounds are absolutely incredible and when those drums come in it's actually really really powerful as well i really really like this track and i cannot wait for that album it's gonna be great fair <laughs> enough <laughs> and that's it that's it that's that, all i'll say on the that's, matter that second really was like you're about to make dave listen to it again right <laughs> yeah, now yeah, and be yeah, like yeah, dave yeah. i think you're really missing dave, something here you need to get back Pause on the this. podcast like, yeah, yeah. And, yeah. we're yeah. gonna play put it. this on every week until you say that it's great we'll play it in full randomly throughout the show <laughs> in segments <laughs> We won't tell you when. Uh, okay, one song left. It's by a rising Irish rapper, Kojak. He's teamed up with Luca Pam for a little date night. Now I see her in my brake lights, seeing double off a great goose. Triple Z in the daytime. Walking around the city, look, I'm trying to shift some pills. Spending time with Britney, cause I got some time to kill. Waiting, she excites me, she don't have no fucks to give. She don't really like me, she just like the way I feel. Walking around your city, look, I'm trying to shift some pills. Spending time with Britney, cause I got some time to kill. Waiting, she excites me, she don't have no fucks to give. She don't really for a little date night. I sound like I'm from fucking Dublin for <laughs> yet again. So, Dahi, you're a fan of this chap. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I think Kojak is one of the most promising people. He in, released in an EP this year called Delhi Daydreams that apparently is actually an album and it qualifies for the Choice Music Prize. Because Does it? Seven tracks, isn't it? The long list came out there earlier this week for the Choice Music Prize because it was launched again. Obviously, it's coming back in March. Um, 
and he's on the short or the long list rather sorry so like I mean essentially some people were like oh no but it doesn't like it's, it's the Trent Reznor Nine Nails yeah, what, yeah. what constitutes an album situation in terms of length don't know if it's a loophole situation but who knows he could very well be on that ballot come the January announcement uh, a lot of hype about this guy I haven't quite caught him live yet here that's where you got to see him I think you saw him at the Voices didn't you in, in a, a picnic was uh, it? yeah I saw him at both places um, I mean to be honest the reason I put this in here was because of the video the video for this is one of the best that I've seen in years from Ireland I think it's like an incredibly well made video it's definitely worth a watch and uh, like when I heard the track first I kind of liked it but now that I watched the video it's, it's kind of like a um, This is America kind of situation where it's kind of the video brings it up to this whole new level um, there seems to be it feels a bit like kind of versatile are, are influencing a huge amount of the hip hop scene right now because it does feel like a kind of there, there's versatile moments in the video I think it's just like a really really good one and it's definitely definitely worth checking out yeah well so he is a video maker in his own right mm-hmm. yeah yeah uh, that's right Kevin yeah. Smith and I think he co-made this yeah, video yeah yeah ah. and he, he kind of it kind of comes across as if you know he's the kind of the mastermind around a lot of this stuff and they have a very good community around him as well that are all very good creative people as well it's it's really good i think yeah yeah uh, i haven't seen the video so i'm looking forward to seeing that because uh, yeah this had me at like the k-swiss reference really to be honest <laughs> yeah. yeah i like how kind of deflated he is and honest and i think we maybe need more of that in irish hip-hop yeah, and rap the accent is massively important yeah and, hugely yeah. um i was definitely sold um and some great just kind of lyrical one-liners as I well really yeah, affecting i stuff. wasn't huge on the hook but the, like, were you not i thought it was really insistent but i thought yeah. the verses were really good like okay. there's some great kind of like tight flows here and like you say yeah plenty of gags as well yeah. mm. and uh yeah the video does elevate it this is america's a little bit generous and a little <laughs> and, and probably a little bit dramatic it's not like yeah, this yeah, is yeah, camera yeah. i mean yeah. you know what I mean? mean though it's mean like mo- most people would kind of in- like kind of it works as a piece that, yeah, 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 dance, yeah. dancing around in a multi-story car park <laughs> as a guard cycles by on a white bike to illustrate <laughs> the horse from the apocalypse I know lads uh, yeah I need to get more into Kojak I enjoyed the track and I definitely need to like give him a proper go uh, however though uh, closing off our songs of the week section and before we finish the show Speaking of videos from Ireland that came out lately, uh, oh, congratulations yeah. to Lachlan McKenna and his charge Dahiodroni, who have released an excellent new video for the track Orange. Uh, I thought it was really, really impressive, man. Yes. I'm not saying because we're boys. It's really fucking good. <laughs> and if everyone hasn't gone to check it out, please do so. I think I'm going to have the coffee table from that video as well, by the way. Oh, yeah, you yeah. probably would. It's <laughs> yeah. like an Ikea special. Yeah. We, uh, <laughs> the video is basically, it's um, a, a, a three-year relationship told over, um, like, with just one shot, basically. We wanted to see how hard it was like I really I'm really interested in the idea that somebody can live their lives in one room with this, all the same furniture and yet it changes so much over the course of however many years and then we the big thing when we were doing the video was to try and avoid cliche as much as possible there's no kind of with this couple that are in the, in the video there's no kind of like over the top arguments or nobody's cheating or anything it, we're trying to keep it very very real to, to what a uh, to what a relationship is like um, and Lachlan and our DOP Carl did like an absolutely incredible job of this like really really bringing it the whole thing to life it was really great we did it in one day with like something like 80 costume changes and like yeah it was crazy yeah I was really impressed by it like there's a bit of the anime ticket that really hit me in the chest so mm. well done all uh, thank you congratulations mm. man well done <laughs> so oh the listening corner this week I've been listening to quite a bit actually uh, Blink 182's self-titled album from 2003 turned 15 because it's from 2003 and that kind of scared me a little bit 15 yeah really fucking scared me uh, went back listened to it holds up got some great songs on there yes it is the one where you get you know don't waste your time on, on me, me. 
miss you. It's incredible. Love that song. That's song. in there. But also in there is like uh, Always, which is a fucking belt of a tune. Stockholm Syndrome, which is excellent. Feeling This. Robert Smith's on there. It's a really good album. And like, I think it's an album that Blink-182 didn't necessarily have the right to make at that kind of point in their career. Everyone was kind of like, well, they're just like this kind of like trash juvenile humor band for the most part. But they've always had it in their locker. They've got, they've got a song on Enemy of the State called Adam's Song, which is one of the best songs about mental health and suicide I've ever yeah, heard in my entire life. Incredible, incredible song. Like they do have chops and that's a really good album. So I enjoyed going back to that. I've also been listening to the debut album from Spies called Constancy. They'll be our guests next week on the show when the album drops. And I have to say, guys, it's really fucking good. I know it's been a very long time coming for them. And well done. It was worth the wait. And also, uh, we'll be reviewing on the show next week the brand new album from the 1975, which just dropped in my inbox. Yeah, we will, yeah. I've given it a couple of spins. Uh, I have to say, I'm very interested in this band's current trajectory, a band that I previously wrote off. Maybe I'm coming around. Who knows? We'll talk about that more next week when we all take a deep dive into a brief inquiry into online relationships yeah, and, and yeah. yes. <laughs> I do believe you're right yeah, yeah. Uh, I gave the Spies album quick spin actually uh, in advance of meeting the boys next week and uh, yeah I have to say I enjoyed it and uh, yeah that's about it for me this, like let's face it like I was in Amsterdam till Monday right <laughs> pretty much the last thing I can remember listening to is falling asleep at about half five in the afternoon to a Tracy Chapman track on one stage <laughs> you can guess what I'd been hey, doing beforehand in fairness, fairness that will do it yeah, yeah. Um, I've been listening to the new Talos track which I think we're playing at the very end of the, um, the show we are indeed uh, Talos is an album that he's pretty much finished on now and I've been lucky enough to hear it uh, once or twice and uh, yeah he's just going from strength to strength do we know when it drops no does uh, anyone have any idea? Can, can you give us anything, Doy? It's going to be pretty... It's going to be sooner than you think. I mean, it's pretty amazing that there's another album in the works here, considering, you know, what, his last Wild album came Ali out like about a year ago. His EP came out... Year, yeah, but then the EP came out in the middle of this year. Wild Ali was also like... Um, or Wild Ali like, took this, a long the time. The work ethic of, of Owen is just crazy. Like, he's really, really building it up. And this record is really, really interesting. He Again, he's like taking a kind of a different route again and kind of stepping up into something very, very unique. Um, and this track is really, really good as well. It's it's almost more poppier, I think. There's more like pop hits in this record than there was in the last one, which is interesting. Mm. I've been easing myself into the Good, the Bad, and the Queen album. Um, mm. It's day two, and I just want to really enjoy it. <laughs> um, it sounds amazing. I don't want to. I don't want to review it too much, but um. Eamon Sweeney, I believe, called it nearly perfect. So He interviewed Damon Albarn as well. Yeah, I'll have to read that. I haven't oh, checked it out yet. Um, He's talking about Brexit, right? Was, yeah, he said um, Brexit uh, has basically a new form of a mental health problem or something. That's the sounds about right. Yeah, um, yeah and also uh, Joyner Lucas. There's a rap battle happening at the moment All right. um, between him and Tory Lanez. Um, he is vastly superior, but Tory's doing a j- good job as well. And they're like releasing diss tracks every like 12 hours or something. I think they're <laughs> sleeping. And they're all of really high quality and Amazing. very funny so we're checking out have you listened to any Corinne Bailey Ray <laughs> I've been putting her records on yeah <laughs> <laughs> that's a good place to end the show uh, this episode of No Encore was engineered by our sonic architect Eve Murray and yeah for Eggs Music Doggy's already given a very good intro to this Talos song it's called See Me uh, I will say I think it's like it's got, it's, it's a really, got a beautiful like bang of like 80s iced yeah. kind of angst super pop um, with a terrific chorus and uh, if you're feeling in any way emotionally wounded this song might help you out of that okay so you know who knows uh, <laughs> definitely not a comment on my own life at all <laughs> ladies and gentlemen <laughs> my name is David William Hanratty this has been No Encore there will be No Encore and this is our exit music this week it's Talos and see me and we'll see you next week
This podcast is part of the Headstuff Podcast Network. Enjoy. Thanks. The order breakfast at the McDonald's drive-thru. Tell yourself you'll wait to eat it at work, but it smells way too good. So you eat it right there in the McDonald's parking lot meal. There's a meal for every morning at McDonald's. Right now, get any size iced coffee for 99 cents until 11 a.m. And pair it with your favorite breakfast sandwich or one of our tasty bakery treats. Price and participation may vary. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. McDonald's. I'm loving it. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.